Jesus abiding, Jesus obeying, Jesus proclaiming people. Amen. This morning, we're continuing our look at what I'm calling the intentional spiritual life of deliberately and purposely seeking after growth in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And this morning, I want us to look at a passage that's probably very familiar to you, but one that I want to invite you to try to forget that you ever heard before, which I know can be hard. Because I want us to enter into this as if we were there ourselves. And so if, if you've got a great imagination, I invite you to enter into this scene uh, as well as if you were sitting there as it's happening and as it's unfolding in front of you. And it comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, where it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So again, just stop right here. Try to imagine yourself, you're in this group. We don't know who all was in this group that was invited to Martha's house. We can assume at least the apostles, Martha herself, her sister Mary. Let's put ourselves in there too. And maybe we know Martha. Maybe we're neighbors with Martha. And we happen to find ourselves in her house as well as she welcomes Jesus in for an evening meal and a time of fellowship. And so we're gathered together around Jesus and there's conversation and there's laughter and you look and you notice that Martha is off in the kitchen area and she is feverishly preparing things for all of her guests. Maybe she's throwing together a lasagna, putting together just a great meal for everyone to share together. And you notice that she's a bit frantic. Because we, we don't have an indication that there was like a heads up about this. They just almost seems like this last minute thing like, hey, come on over. And so she's frantically preparing this meal and you can tell that she's getting a bit frustrated. And you're sitting there around this circle as, as Jesus is talking and Jesus is teaching. What are you feeling in this moment? I'm feeling kind of awkward. Because we're all sitting here just having a good time with Jesus and Martha is over there nearly ready to pass out because she, she's so frantically trying to get this meal ready for everybody and I feel kind of guilty that you know, I should go help. What do you do? Do you remain there with Jesus? And again, forget you've, ever, you've heard this story before, but do you stay there and enjoy this conversation and teaching with Jesus? Do you get up and go over and just quietly try to help Martha and relieve some of her anxiety? Passage goes on to say, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And here we have this comparison back to back that Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Now, we're given an indication here from Luke as to what's happening. And even a hint as to what's the right response. Because he says that Mar Martha, as opposed to Mary, who's just sitting there listening to Jesus teach, Martha, it says, was distracted with much serving. Literally, it means she was overoccupied. She was too busy with serving. 
Again, we're not given any indication that when Jesus came into the house, that he was like, I would like a lasagna with a salad, some nice warmed up Italian bread, melt some butter over top, some coconut cream pie for dessert. We're never told that, he's, that he gives any expectations of Martha at all, but Martha takes it upon herself as a good hostess to prepare this meal, which is fine. But notice what it says about Martha. She was overoccupied. She was too busy with much serving or abundant, literally abundant ministering to the Lord. Again, why is she doing this? She's doing this for Jesus. I mean, what's better than serving Jesus, doing something for Jesus? If we had an opportunity to cook a meal, prepare a meal for Jesus, I'm sure that we would love to have that opportunity to do this for Jesus. So here's Martha, who is practically doing something to serve Jesus, to minister to Jesus and do something for him. Her sister is over here just sitting there listening to Jesus' teaching. Put yourself in Martha's shoes. What's going on in your mind? As you look at your sister there with this dumb, goofy look on her face, just listening to Jesus. Look at her over there. Just having fun. Listening to Jesus. Leaving me to do all the work. The least she could do as my sister is come and help me. Can she tell that I'm stressed out? Can't she tell that I've got too much going on and I could use a hand? Who could blame her? She's serving Jesus. I mean, isn't that a noble thing? Isn't that something we should all aspire to do, to serve Jesus and do something for Jesus? But Luke gives us this indication that Mary, she's just sitting there listening to Jesus. Martha is overoccupied with abundant ministering to the Lord. And then it goes on to say this startling moment. And again, imagine yourself, you're sitting in the circle with Mary and Jesus is teaching and it's just, it's the best Bible study you've ever been to in your life. And Martha goes up to him, goes up to Jesus. She doesn't go up to Mary. She could have leaned over to Mary, but like, could you help me a second, please? She goes right to Jesus. She doesn't say, excuse me, Jesus, excuse me, teacher, uh, sorry to interrupt, um, but I'm kind of trying to make dinner for everybody and I could use a hand. She goes directly to Jesus. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Things just got really awkward. Can you imagine being Martha, you march over to Jesus. What's Martha doing? She's scolding Jesus. Like, um, Jesus, I'm cooking all this food for you. The least you could do is ask some of your people to help me. You're, you're kind of distracting them all. I could use a hand here. Not to be a rude hostess, but you're kind of being a rude guest. Again, Martha is doing this for Jesus. But look at how Jesus, well, first of all, she says, Lord, do you not care? Do you have no regard for what I'm doing? 
Do you have no regard for the fact that I'm doing this all alone? Do you have no regard that my sister, okay, I get your apostles should listen to you, but do you have no regard for the fact that my own sister is just leaving me to do everything alone? I'm serving you, Jesus. I could use a hand. Don't you care enough about me to have somebody help me? Wouldn't that be the Jesus kind of thing to do to serve and to help somebody else serve? But look at how Jesus answers her. Now notice, Jesus hasn't addressed her at all this entire time. She's been frantically busy. Jesus say, Martha, just, I don't care about dinner. Just put it all down. Just come on in here and join us. He lets her do her thing. But he answers her by saying, Martha, Martha. Now, you pause there for a second. If you look back through Scripture, when... God uses your name twice. He's serious. When God uses your name twice, it means that you're not paying attention. When God uses your name twice, it's kind of like, hey, focus. He uses her name twice. It's kind of like, Martha. Martha, focus. Here, Martha, pay attention to me. What does he say? You are anxious and troubled. Literally, the the word anxious there refers to being concerned with your own affairs. And troubled. She's disturbed about many things. Jesus calls her out. Jesus calls her out and says, Martha, nobody asked this of you. You took it upon yourself to do this. Appreciate the gesture, but I never asked you to do this. I don't care about the food. I care about you. But you just clicked right into serving mode. You just clicked right into, I got to do this, I got to do this. I gotta. And once I'm done with all of this, then I'll sit down and spend time with Jesus. Does that sound familiar at all? Once I'm done with all of this, then I can have Jesus time. And Jesus says, Martha... All of this is stuff you decided to do. Jesus says, I never asked for any of this. You took this upon yourself. All I want is this. I say, well, you're reading in a text. No, because that's what he goes on to say. He says, but one thing is necessary. Literally only one thing is needed. Only, there's only one duty that needs tending to. And he's about to point her by saying, Mary has chosen the good portion. Martha, there's only one thing I want from you, and your sister has already picked that thing. Mary picked what I wanted her to pick. Mary picked the only thing that I care about. That's you. And Mary. And the twelve. And each one of us here this morning. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I love how he includes that. It's not going to be taken away from her. Why does he say that? I think at least in part, because there's going to come a day for Martha when she can't be up and about cooking lasagna. When 
she reaches a certain age and she just doesn't have the strength to prepare a meal of that size where she can't be up and about doing stuff like that. And in that moment, what then? Because typically what happens when we live our lives obsessed with the stuff that we do for Jesus, sometimes not even because Jesus asked us, but because we took it upon ourselves, what begins to happen is we begin to define ourselves by this stuff. My identity is tied up in doing this thing for Jesus. But what happens when this thing is gone? When we no longer have this thing to fall back on? I've shared before the story of my time in the hospital and my brief encounter with death and coming out of that. And they were talking about putting in a pacemaker. I wasn't even forced yet and just all of these thoughts were like what's going to happen to me coming out of this what am I going to be able to do and there was that moment of what if I, I don't have the strength coming out of this to pastor anymore and I panicked because I felt God called me to minister when I was 16 years old and at this point I was like 38 and so from 16 to 38 my entire life has been about preparing for ministry. And what if pastoral ministry was gone? Who would I be? And I realized that too much of my identity was tied up in I'm a pastor. And all of a sudden, I'm a pastor first and I'm a child of God second. Nobody wakes up and says, I want to make that more important than just being a child of God. It happens gradually and over time. We define ourselves by what we do for Jesus more than who we are with Jesus. And this has happened to Martha. And someday she won't be able to do it anymore. And what's left? Jesus says, Mary's chosen the only thing that I really needed her to do. To sit and be with me. And listen to my voice. We think about a passage like this. And as we talked last week about just deliberately spending that time alone with Jesus. And we say, okay, if, but there, there's all these things I'm already committed to. And, and now we're saying I need to build time with Jesus into my day. And, and how do I do this? And the reality is it's hard because currently every second of your life is accounted for by something. Even if you spend three hours a night staring at a wall, if you were to write out your daily agenda, there's three hours that would say stare at the wall. Every second of your life is currently occupied by something. And so carving out time with Jesus is going to put us face to face in the same situation as Martha. To have to say, Maybe I don't have to make the lasagna. Maybe Jesus would be happy with peanut butter and jelly because he never asked for lasagna. At what point do we look at our lives and say, what in this list of stuff did Jesus actually ask me to do? And what on this list did I just do because I wanted to serve Jesus, but he never asked me to do it. Because if I'm going to create more space here, something over here is going to have to go. Because I can't 
be two different people at the same time. I can't do the 10 things on my list over here and sit and be quiet in the presence of Jesus. Something is going to have to go. And we're going to have this Martha moment. It doesn't tell us what happens. Does Martha storm back to the kitchen and finish cooking? Does Martha roll her eyes at Jesus and just go back to what she was doing? Or, or does she turn the oven off? They didn't have ovens back then. I'm just for the sake of Does she just sit down and join in listening to Jesus? Sometimes it would do us well to take account of our lives. How much have we committed ourselves to that Jesus never asked us to take on? Somebody else maybe kind of put this burden over us. Somebody else kind of talked us into doing this or we kind of felt guilted into doing something. And there's all these things we have to do every day. And Jesus is like, all I want is you. Just put everything down. Just be with me. Just sit in my presence. Here's maybe a better way to think about it. When you have your time with Jesus and you begin to pray or you open up your Bible to read, what's the posture of your heart? Because I'll at least be honest for me, there have been plenty of times over the years when, okay, oh, time's tight. Okay, okay, got my reading done for the day. Is that really what Jesus wants? For me to just kind of quickly skim over a chapter so I can feel better about myself for the day? Do we kind of ram Jesus in there like, okay, Jesus, I got a quick 30 seconds, so let's go. How often is Jesus like, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. Sit down. There's that part of me that loves when the missionaries come and visit us. Because when missionaries come back to the States and they speak at churches, you find out quickly enough over time that they've adapted to their new culture, whatever country they're serving in. And most other cultures aren't quite as time intense as we are. And so they just... Time's not important. We'll just we'll, we'll get it done whenever. Just. Sometimes like, okay, we got a schedule though. Come on, let's go. Like, oh, if we're 20 minutes late, that's early. We are so dictated by time. And we have all of this technology that's intended to make our lives easier, but all it's done is given us excuse to cram more stuff in. And Jesus sits and says, I just want to spend time with you. I want to hear your heart. I want you to hear my heart. And we can't do this if you've got a quick 30 seconds to spare. So we look at this story. Do you gravitate in honesty towards Martha or Mary? Again, complete honesty. We're not going to share our responses. But as you enter that scene, are you like, no question, I'm sitting down with Jesus. I don't, my sister do whatever she wants. 
not because you're rude and hate your sister, but because you're so focused on Jesus? Or do you sympathize with Martha and say, dinner's got to get cooked. We can't let Jesus go hungry. So let's go. There's time for Jesus later. The intentional spiritual life is developing a heart of Mary. Of saying, I know there's a lot of good things that could be done. There's nothing evil about what Martha's doing. There's nothing sinful about it at all. It's a good thing, but it was the wrong thing. We can fill our lives with good things. So often we get focused on, okay, I got to confess all the sins in my life and get rid of all the sins in my life. What we don't pay attention to is all the good stuff that's cluttering our lives and keeping us from Jesus just as much as those sins that we confessed. Where do you find yourself this morning? Mary, Martha. Jesus is inviting you. Let the lasagna burn. Just sit down and be in my presence. Remember, this is the same Jesus who took a little boy's lunch and used it to feed thousands of people. I'm sure if Martha pulled out a noodle, he could have provided a lasagna if he wanted a lasagna. Martin Luther once said, I have so much to do today that I need to spend the first six hours in prayer. He's a monk, that's a lot easier. But there's a principle there. Are we so over busy and even over busy for Jesus that we've squeezed Jesus out? Again, I refer back to the Ephesian church in the book of Revelation where Jesus says, you're, you believe all the right stuff, you're teaching all the right stuff, you're doing all the right stuff, but You've lost sight of your first love, and because of that, i got to close your doors. Yikes. Jesus is more concerned about our hearts than all the stuff we do to impress him. Where's your heart this morning? Let's pray.